Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets banned. This is episode 54, hoop, hoop, and that means we're going to the disco, hoop, hoop, with Count Dracula, hoop, huh? That's why we're going to be taking a look at the 1979 comedy classic, Love at First Bite, and we're going to be joined by none other than former Penny Colt star, former host of the Obscure 80s podcast, and totally awesome dude, Jay Emmett. And if that's not enough to give you the boogie favor, maybe this informative promo Maybe this informative promo would. Hey gang, Tom DJ at Better in the Dark here. As I've discussed in the podcast, which you can find at earth2.net, I suffer from mental illness. Part of this illness includes struggling with suicidal thoughts. Now I'm lucky. I've got great friends, family, and yes, even fans who give me the strength to conquer those thoughts every day. Some people aren't so lucky. For them, there's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, providing support and advice to pull those people through the darkest moments of their lives. For the months of March and April 2012, Better in the Dark is running a special BITD challenge. We're asking our fans to go to suicidepreventionlifeline.com and donate at least $10. The donations are tax-deductible, and you'll be doing something truly great. On top of that, if you forward a copy of your receipt to Better in the Dark at earth2.net, That's better in the dark at earth-2.net. You may be eligible for special goodies from us, a special director's court on Brian De Palma that you'll be listed as co-producer on, plus the possibility of free audio commentaries on some of De Palma's films from me and my co-host, Derek Ferguson. For more details, listen to recent episodes of Better in the Dark. Please help me send a lifeline out to those who need it. Meet the BITD Challenge. Thank you for your time and help. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode. Yay! Uh, let's see what's been going on before we get down to business. Uh, well, first of all, if you're hearing any noise in the background, like construction-type bang, 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 bang-type noises, that's because our superintendent is here. Hi, Super Nick. How you doing? He doesn't speak English, so he's ignoring me. But he's... Fi- Remember those boobs that came down out of my kitchen ceiling, you know, when the evil people upstairs, the creepy people upstairs, you know, whatever they did, their black sludge, their black dripping santorum oozing out of the, the boobs that came out of our ceiling? Yeah, remember that? Well, they're finally getting fixed. So, goodbye, boobs. It's been so not nice having you around. So, if there's any bang-bang booming in the background, just, 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 please excuse it. We're de-boobing. Um... Now, the big thing that's gone on here, and a lot of you already know this, uh, and this is not a fun way to start the show, but I had to get it out. Um, a friend of ours, John Laubach, was murdered in his apartment on March 2nd. Uh, he was found, uh, tied up and gagged and naked and the cause of death still hasn't been determined, uh, but he was robbed as well. Um, and so it's been really, that's been really hard to deal with anyway. Plus he's been being dragged to the media sludge because it's, you know, sexual in nature. So they're having a field day with it. And he was a big volunteer with the Episcopal church. So, you know, church plus sex scandal equals big newspaper business. And John was the sweetest, quietest man. And it's just, you know, okay, maybe he had his, dark interest, but just to see him dragged out in the open like this is just gross. But, um, it's been hard. You know, the police have been in and out because, uh, Brad was 
I should say John was a br- client of Brad's. Brad did a lot of computer work for him, so the police were very interested in Brad because John's laptop was one of the things that was stolen, and Brad basically built that laptop and was able to do remote work on the laptop, so they figured he might be able to actually get inside that laptop and help find it, which he did. And um, I'm not saying it's all thanks to him, but as of about an hour ago, the suspects were apprehended, both of them, in Orlando, Florida, of all places, and they gave up with you know, no muss, no fuss. So that part is over. And oddly enough, I don't feel better. Now, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it and say that John was the best friend of mine because he wasn't. I barely knew the man. I had dinner with him once or twice, and he was very nice. But um, to have this happen so close to home is just very disturbing. And, well, anyway, it's a little just too real. And as a result... I scaled things back this week. I I just couldn't delve into the really ghoulishy horror stuff. So I needed some comedy, damn it. And that's why we're going back to the 1970s with fucking Count Dracula to do some disco dancing, disco dancing. I'm waving my arms around if you can't hear that. I look really, really groovy. But um, aside from that, that wasn't stress enough. My concert is tomorrow in like 24 hours. I'm premiering in The Big Gay Sing 4, number 4, and that's uh, going to be running all weekend at the Skirball Center at NYU here in New York City. Uh, there's a couple of tickets still available. If you head on over to www.nycgmc.net, you might be able to snack some if you're in the area. But, oh my God, it's huge. This show is huge. It's so fucking huge. There's, a think, 150 costume changes and wigs and glitter cannons and, 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 Drag queens and leather queens and, and, and battling Dorothy's. It's crazy. The Xanadu with roller skating. And I get to solo. I get to sing Love Shack all by myself. And I am wearing these six-inch bright red platform heels that would make Herman Munster cry to look at them. Because he'd be like, damn, those look uncomfortable. But you know what they look? Fabulous! When there are pictures, you will get pictures. Because this is going to be priceless. And uh, so gearing up toward that is a huge stress. And on top of that, this past weekend, what we do in the chorus, the weekend before this big concert, we have an out-of-town rehearsal retreat. Um, And we go out of town so that for 24-7, we're able to focus on getting the show up. You know, every little minute detail is going to be fixed this weekend. And so for like 12 hours a day, 12, 14 hours a day, we're rehearsing, sing, 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 choreograph, choreograph, run the costume changes, sing, 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 fix this, screw up that, oh gosh, we've got to redo this, 12, 14 hours a day, and then the rest of the day is party, 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 sleep doesn't really happen, so I'm still recovering, it is Thursday, and I am still exhausted from this fucking weekend, and good, And it was so much work, but it was so much fun. And I was so bad. I was such a bad little boy. And do I regret anything? No, I don't. But here's the thing. We actually have a long-standing pact. And Las Vegas stole that pact in that what happens at retreat stays at retreat. So I can't really tell you any of the good stuff that went on. But I do want to tell you some, some other stuff that happened. Now, Asbury Park is on the Jersey Shore, and since it's March, it's a freaking ghost town right now, which is why we're able to bring 200 guys there and get cheap rooms and not be bothered by anybody. But, uh, so we got there early because my friend um, Lawrence said, oh, I hear that 
Yeah, the town's trying to make a comeback. They're trying to uh, regentrify itself, and a lot of gays have moved in. And he heard there was this up and coming, thriving art scene, and he wanted to get there and check it out. So I'm like, sure, whatever. I was driving, so we went and we had to hike all the way into town from the hotel, and it was a good half mile hike on with nothing there. And when we finally get into the town, and I'm using air quotes if you can't hear it, I mean there are buildings and shops and restaurants with nobody in them. There's nobody on the streets. You know, I was waiting for a dumbweed to just go boom, boop, 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 down the block. And it was creepy. Because I'm looking for a I'm looking for a place to have lunch. Mama's hungry. Mama needs some food. And I, <laughs> we home now. Sophia gonna eat. Anyway, we're walking and we're walking, and there's just nothing. I saw one person. We walked past a building, it was like a real estate agency, and there was one guy at his desk with his feet up. And he was like poking at his cell phone and he saw us in the street. All of a sudden, he was like, shuffle, 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 moving papers around, all of a sudden looking very busy. It was very strange. But what was even stranger is that every time we got to a corner and turned a corner, like halfway up the block, would see just the back of one person darting into a shop. Like if you blinked, you wouldn't have seen them at all. It was kind of like, clear the streets, they're coming, come on, run, run, run. Very strange. Very strange. And Lawrence said to me at one point, do you feel like you're in some Twilight Zone episode? And I said, yes, I do. We're in the, the, the creepy little town with the dark, dark secret. He said, yes, yes, we are. Now, the thing that was weird about Asbury Park, there was this little river thing that ran through the, through the town. On one side, it was really decrepit because, you know, it's a seaside community that went down the tubes. Um, it's coming back, but it, it's really run down. But on the other side of the river, there are these mansions, these huge, beautifully painted mansions. They remind me of the, uh, the, uh, the painted lady homes like near the Castro in San Francisco. Massive. And looming over them is this even bigger structure. I don't know what it was. It was this, it just looked like a house, except it was massive. And it was so big, it was making these mansions look like they were teeny tiny. And I'm saying to Lawrence, what the fuck is that? Because I could tell that house right there is huge. Look at the number of cars parked in that house, uh, in that driveway. Look at how many columns. That house has wings. And not like an always maxi pad has wings. I mean like wings to the building. And that thing on the top of the hill underneath it is just looming all over. And he goes, yep, that's not right. I said, that adds into the whole thing. You know, this, there's nobody on the streets. We saw one guy. He's like, well, we're probably going to run into some creepy old guy who's going to tell us to get off the streets, right? And I'm like, yes. Yes. He's like, yeah, be sure to get off the streets after dark. Yeah, you don't want to be wandering around on the 9th of March. <gasps> and then he'll act like he didn't supposed to say that. We'll be like, why? What happens on the 9th of March? And he'll say, never you mind. Get your nosy ass back to the hotel if you know what's good for you. And he said, yes. That is exactly what it will be like. And he said, and whatever happens after sundown in Asbury Park is going to happen in that building right over there. I said, yes, you're absolutely right. Let's go home now. So we did. That was a really long story. So I hope you enjoyed it. But, um, okay, if you want a little bit of scandal, because this is an innocent scandal, I was sleeping four in a room, you know, just to save money. And three of the guys I knew, one of the guys I did not. Now, I just started on the CPAP machine, as many of you heard about, for my sleep apnea. So I'm feeling bad about it because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope these it's not going to be awkward. I'm going to be embarrassed. And these guys will be like, oh, it makes so much noise, even though it doesn't. But 
turns out I had nothing to worry about because this fourth guy in the room, bless his heart, he's a larger girl. And he, we got there. He's like, oh, I hope you guys. Oh, no, I forgot. Oh, he said, oh, no, I forgot my little anti-snoring thing. And I said, what? He says, yeah, I used to have a CPAP machine, but now I have this little thing that you put in your mouth. But gosh darn it, I left it at home, and I am a very bad snorer. And I said, okay, I'm sure we can deal with it. Girl. Girl was sucking down the ceiling. I have never heard snoring like this. And of course, he's my bedmate because my Lawrence threw me to the wolves. He's like, well, I'm not sleeping with a snorer. You already have a CPAP patch. Why did the two snorers sleep together? I'm like, why don't you go outside, Lawrence? It's after dark on the 9th of March. But seriously, this guy was snoring so loud, the bed was shaking, like lifting off the floor, like I'm hanging onto the bed going, Mother, make it stop! Mother, make it stop! So eventually, I gave up. I had to get out of my bed. And I had to go over into bed with Lawrence and Alex and I had to say, move over, fuckers. Daddy's coming in. And so the three of us had to wind up snuggling for dear life in this bed while this monster is across the way from it. And it's just, I mean, if it sounds sexy, it wasn't. Because, yeah, we're all in our little sexy under things. But none of us are sleeping. We're all, in, we have to, like, turn in unison. And, yeah, so already it's day one and we're already exhausted. Not a lick of sleep and not even one blowjob to, to, to excuse it with. So I said, hello, porn movies start like this. Well, maybe not with the snore, snore but it's like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable in my bed. Do you mind if I slip in? No, boom, boom, boom. And then we, do you mind if I slip into bed and then slip into you? But that didn't happen. Bum, 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 bum. But let me tell you something. At the end of the weekend, I was so tired, so incredibly tired, and I had to drive these fuckers home. The two hours drive home. I forgot my luggage at the hotel and my costume for the show. And then when I dropped off my last passenger, I got lost in my own neighborhood. I'm like, I don't even know where I am right now. So I figure, I'm on an island. Queens is on an island. I'll just... Keep driving in a straight line because eventually I'm going to either hit water or I'll hit a parkway. And that's exactly what happened. So, so, so very stupid. So enough about all this crap. Let me just talk with some quick about some movies. I got to see um, John Carter, the new Disney movie. And I'm really kind of upset it got the bad press it did because I thought it was pretty fun. Granted, I got to see it for free. I don't know how I'd feel about spending 20 bucks for it, but... I had a good time. Yeah, it's silly, but I think it was supposed to be silly. It kind of, it strongly reminded me of those movies I used to watch on HBO back in the 70s, like a bigger budget version of um, uh, Beastmaster with that kind of a flashbacky, nostalgic, yes, we know what we're doing feel to it with some gorgeous vigil, vigils. It's got some gorgeous vigils on you there, kid, <laughs> girly. Uh, but I think it's got a bad rep. I liked it. You know, I would say if you go to you check it out on a matinee, and if you don't like it, call and bitch me out. Everybody else does. The other thing I saw was Ty West's new movie, The Innkeepers. Now, I thought about talking about this as a main feature on the show, but I decided not to because it's not in completely wide release yet, and uh, I didn't go into it in the right mind. So this is what I'm going to tell you. Maybe you'll approach it in a better way than I did. Here's the thing. I was looking forward to this. I'd heard great things about it. I really enjoyed his other film, House of the Devil. And one of the things that I appreciated about House of the Devil was that for 75% of it, nothing happened. It was just that girl wandering around alone, just exploring that empty, creepy house by herself. And even though nothing was happening, 
it was tense. And I never was bored with it. And then at the end, you got this big payoff with all this over-the-top insanity in the last 10 minutes or so. And about halfway through the innkeepers, I suddenly realized, huh, nothing's happening. This is just a character study so far, yet I'm not bored at all. I'm completely on board with everything that's going on. So I said, oh, this must be going the same house the devil route, and there's going to be a really big payoff in the last reel. There's not. There's not. There is an end. There is a resolution. But I think had I not ramped myself up for a really big whiz-bang finale, I might have appreciated the tiny, possibly chilling, more thoughtful ending that I got. But I didn't. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you folks think about it when you finally get to see it because I don't not recommend it because even though I didn't appreciate how it all ended up, when I thought about it, I saw how all the pieces went together and I really enjoyed the two main characters. The, the whole mood is wonderful and the, uh, the script is good. I, I, I was never bored. I just was never excited either. And you know, if you go in with that in your head, maybe you'll have a good time. Maybe you'll get excited. And you won't be able to hide it. And then you'll be burning, doing the Neutron Dance. I'm just jumping all over the Pointer Sisters right now. Well, that means one thing, and one thing only, it is time to start the show. So, bust out your leisure suits, break in your jellied candy sandals, and get ready to disco the night away, because I said so. on DVD. Oh. In this time, we're going to be taking a look at 1978's Love at First Bite, starring George Hamilton and Susan St. James. Now, some of you might be thinking, that's not a horror movie, and I'll say, shut the fuck up. 
It's my show. I've had a bad week. I wanted to see something funny and scary and also kind of gay. So shut your pie hole and let's listen to the trailer. There is a creature of the night whose very name strikes terror in the hearts of man. He fears only mirrors, the scent of garlic, and the sight of a crucifix. He feeds upon human blood. Only sunlight or a stake driven through his heart can destroy him or those whose blood he drinks. His name is Dracula. I love you, and I can give you eternal life. I knew it an insurance salesman. I've already got Prudential. It was our first date. I won't let him get her. Well, Count, what do you say to that? I would say leave Cindy alone and find yourself a nice Jewish girl, Doctor. That's the other one, isn't it? Dracula in New York. His style is irresistible. His curiosity is irrepressible. And when he takes a bite out of the Big Apple, his appetite is insatiable. If you're hungry, Master, we could ring for the night maid. <laughs> when you is gone, nobody's gonna bring you back here once you stay. Good evening. Master, please be careful. What is it? You nearly stepped on my dinner. Bon appetit. I heard a rooster crow. A rooster? In New York City? I cannot believe what I'm hearing. It's him! Yeah, or a rock group. The second way to kill a vampire, Count. Three silver bullets through the heart. No, Rosenberg. That is a fair wolf. Really? Are you sure? I've lost it forever. He's drained all the blood out of her. George Hamilton. His blood in your eyes. Susan St. James. Richard Benjamin. Dick Sean. Sherman Hemsley. Isabel Sanford. <laughs> and Artie Johnson as Renfield. Finally, after 712 years, to have someone bite me again. Love at first bite. trip back to the 70s B without some company. I mean, you need somebody to keep hold your head out of the toilet while you throw up your quaaludes in, in the back alley behind Studio 54. So, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. J. Emmett. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. See Should be, God damn it. Drove all the way out here just to hang out with you. Okay, really? That was really kind of you. Did you get a flat? Uh, no, that, that would have been Matt. Oh, right. I get the two of you confused. He's Thank the one with like, no, no, <laughs> no luck whatsoever when it comes to this. You just complimented him and insulted me. 
or vice versa. Vice versa, I thought. I was, ins- I was insulting you, Slug. Slug from the Slug, Slugcast. Now, Jay Ammon, who the hell are you? Tell these <clears throat> people who you are. Um, I, these days, I don't know anymore. Uh, they probably, if anybody knows me, they would have probably remembered me from Obscure 80s, but that's been a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a long while. Well, you're from Penny Call Radio, are you not? Yeah, we don't do that anymore either. Though. Do that anymore either? Oh my god, I've been out of the loop for so. I lose my, I lose, I lost my iPod like six months ago, and I've not been able to afford to get a new one. So I haven't been listening to anything. So I have no idea what's going on. This is tragedy. You're See, okay. my week just got worse. God damn you! We're still around. We just you were supposed to cheer me up, you bitch. We're still around. We just don't do penny call. We don't. Me 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 me. Um, I occasionally do a show with my wife called Ball and Chain. Oh, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, only have one ball. Yeah, <laughs> this just in. JM and only has one ball and a chain, so it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now, most recently, I'm doing a show with Stu and uh, uh, KC guys, formerly from Obscure 80s as well, where we talk about mixed martial arts. So if you're not into mixed martial arts, you wouldn't be into the show even a little bit. But okay, uh, well there you go. That's called the Takedown Radio, and that's what I do these days. Well, good. That all sounds very, very good. <laughs> I balance it out. You do. Okay, so love at first bite. Yes. And there you go. <laughs> okay, wait, no. I, I'm, I'm afraid to talk about this movie. Why? I don't know. Okay, um, okay I don't want to make anybody feel old. I was only like three when this movie came out. Okay. I remember watching it. I think this was one of those staples of HBO back then. It was. It totally was. That's was where I was kind of going with this. Is another one's HBO classic, kids. And my mom worked for a cable company, so we always had HBO. And I remember watching this as a kid. Mm -hmm. And you and I were talking about this. I remember this a lot different than it was. A lot. Um. I think my only recollection was of the end of this movie. That's all I really remember. The very, very last thing? Everybody remembers that. I don't know why. (laughs) We'll get to that. Okay. So I, of course, being even older than you, saw this in the theaters. My mother took me to see it. You're older than me? I'm older than you. You look so young. (laughs) Yep. Yes, the blood of virgins keep me young. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, they're not working. I don't know. I have nothing for that. But no, we went to my mother went to see I can't imagine why she took me to see this. Except I think maybe she had a crush on George Hamilton. That's weird. She might have why is it weird? He's totally her I mean, age. I when bracket. I look at George Hamilton and I I realized that there was I don't he's just I don't know. But he was in where the boys are. He was, Someone waits for me. He, he was in another staple of HBO too. Which was Zorro the Gay, the gay Blade. You, uh, I don't remember that one very well. Oddly enough, I should put that in my Netflix queue. I do actually, because when I was a little kid, I loved Zorro, and I used to run around the house because I thought his name was Zorro the Gay's Blade. I had no idea back then. So, because that's better. Oh, gaze, like looking. Yeah, well, I didn't know, and my parents were worried for a while because I would run around saying that I was Zorro the Gay's Blade. They didn't know. <laughs> My dad would get that look like, uh. Oh, no. <laughs> Darn you, cable television. But, uh, yeah, that's that's really where I remember him from. I mean, yeah, but also that year, there was a lot of Dracula in New York. Cause Brack, uh, I think uh, Dracula was running on Broadway. It was a big hit with uh, Frank Langella. And I know my mother had gone to see that. She took me to see it, did so he, I have some. Did, hmm? Yes, what? 
did he like reprise the role in a movie version as well? They did kind of. They made a movie with a lot of that cast, but it had really nothing to do with the stage production. Because I don't know if you know Edward Gorey, the artist. Mm, you would know his work if you saw it. He's more of an illustrator. Have you ever seen Mystery on PBS? No. Oh, <laughs> I will send you pictures of his drawings. The, the, the ghastly crumb tinies. Do you know that one? You are so, so sad. But he's this great illustrator, and he writes these strange poems, and there's these, it's this weird mix of whimsy and real ghoulishness. So okay. like, oh, look how cute and awful everything is. I've probably seen this stuff. You've probably seen him stuff, and you're just so damn ignorant because you live in Ohio. Uncultured. I know. Uh-huh, I know. You're uncultured like a stale yogurt. I don't even know what that meant. Shut up. Anyway. I don't know what that meant either. I know. So we're, we're both <laughs> baffled by what comes out of my mouth. Anyway, there was this production of Dracula on Broadway that was a huge hit that had a set design by Edward Gorey, and it was gorgeous and comical and whimsical and magical, but they didn't do that for the movie. That was my whole goddamn point. Now let's move on. And yeah, I used to watch on HBO a lot too, but uh, we were saying before we started recording, I don't think I've seen this before, maybe, I don't think I've seen this since 1981. Lord, it's, it's been at least 20, 25 years for me. Easily, yeah. easily. So the first thing that struck me as I'm watching it is, wow, there's a lot of drugs in this movie. Yes. There were a lot of jo- drugs and a lot of um, racial jokes. A lot of racial stuff. A lot of it. <laughs> Well, I'm also I was thinking this is also coming off the era of Mel Brooks. Yeah, too. It's got that kind of a feel to it, but not quite. Right. I, that's what I thought. I mean, you're coming in towards the tone of like the airplane movies and things like that. Yeah. But I don't know. The jokes didn't hit quite right for me for some reason. I don't know. A lot of puns. A lot of puns. There was a lot of that kind of style of humor. But uh, the thing is, I still found it kind of cute. In the end, it was an odd movie. Yes. But it's cute. So we're talking abstractly. These people have no idea what movie, what this movie is about. So, Jay, I mean, you want to kind of give a quick summary, and I'll just correct you when you go horribly, horribly wrong? <laughs> I can try, yeah. Um, so, like, the movie starts out, Count Dracula is getting expelled from his castle. The government uh, of Romania is kind of kicking him out. And it's kind of a weird thing, because you don't know if it's... He's kind of taking place in the past, but the rest of the movie takes place in the present. It was kind of weird, but... Um, so they're kicking him out. I think they're going to put a gym or like a, a gymnastics training. Yeah, it, was the tra- it was, a, it was coming up on a, an Olympic year. So we had the Olympic joke that they were going to be ah. putting the remaining, uh, training team in there with Nadia Comaneci. And that's what put him over the edge. He's like, fuck that. No Nadia Comaneci. Mm-mm. So hilarious. <laughs> if you knew who that was, <laughs> you got to remember at the time, I, you know, I, I probably had no clue. So therefore now I didn't really know who it was either. I figured uh, you would know your sports history straight, man. Well, from 1979 or 78. So anyway, he and his rather unfunny assistant. Uh, Ar- right? Yeah. Artie. No, Artie. John- Artie Johnson. Who the hell is this? I- he was on Laugh-In, and I never really found it particularly funny. But again, it's this kind of old-school comedy. Well, it definitely, it's definitely nostalgic, and, and I enjoyed it for the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Else. But uh, Renfield, I don't know, through the whole movie, he's, he was kind of the most, like his jokes, ne- they're the ones that never quite landed with me. Yep. They were yes. the ones that just didn't hit. He's always eating bugs and stuff. And, well, that's what he does. But they, uh, they end up flying to New York, and... They're holed up in, is it the Plaza? I think they it's go the to the Plaza Hotel, yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, anyway, I think his whole reason for going to New York was because he sees this picture of this uh, supermodel 
that he says is a reincarnation of Mina Harker, which yes, I thought was kind of cool. They yes, kinda, they but, who, but but Mina Harker was also a reincarnation of somebody else. So it's the same woman repeatedly over time. So anyway. right, yeah, he went down a couple different names, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and she is played by Susan St. James, who I remembered from Kate Nally. Kate Nally. <laughs> She's all blonde and cleavagey and being, slutty. Being a child of who Big was slut. raised in the eighties. I watched I watched a lot of of Kate and Allie, so mm-hmm, so did I. Um and I her name is Cindy Sondheim. Sondheim, that's it. And she's a fashion model and she has I guess is he her boyfriend? Sort of, I guess, her well, boyfriend, her yeah. shrink. Yes. Well, her to shrink kind of not boyfriend. He won't commit. Yeah. They're, do, they're doing it. Right. And, and they've been doing it for like seven years and she wants more, but he's just like, I kind of love you. Right. Until, you know, until another yes, guy. And that's Richard Benjamin, the king of the bad 70s, 80s comedies. <laughs> yeah. He looked extremely familiar. I knew I'd Saturday the 14th. It, it, oh, geez. Wow. We feel yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. I think he I think he is like some kind of earlier reincarnation of uh, Mr. Bean. <laughs> He's the American Mr. Bean. Oh wow. Yeah. The Jewish Mr. Bean. That's absolutely Mr. Beanstein. <laughs> Hilarious. Wow. <laughs> um I I'm a lost for anyway, place. He's, he's a descendant of Van Helsing. But Fritz Van Helsing. Fritz Van Helsing, yes. Yes. Um, anyway, he doesn't like this Dracula dude at all. This guy comes in and he's trying to swoop in and take his girl and he doesn't like it. So, uh, he's trying to get rid of him. He tries a bunch of different stuff, but none of it's really working very well for him. And, uh, Dracula, meanwhile, was kind of fascinated with the thought of... Thank you, Horn Outside. (laughs) God. It's the professionalism that I respect in this industry. Anyway, so he's trying to take him out. Please continue. Um, I know I know what movie that line comes from. Um, anyway, he's trying. He's trying to get rid of Dracula. Nothing's really working. Meanwhile, Dracula is kind of fascinated with the fact that there's blood banks all over New York, and yes, he's he's kind of robbing them to get his dinner. It's kind of a whole little side plot thing. You got like mm-hmm. a, a police detective looking into it. And I would like to make a withdrawal. That was beautiful. Thank you. I've been trying, uh, working on it all day. Now her boyfriend, his name's Jeffrey. He ends up getting arrested because he tries to shoot. Dracula with a silver bullet, which in the seventies didn't work, but in modern vampires apparently silver does work. Might work. Depends on who's writing the novel. So you know Exactly. According to Bram, no. Um but the police lieutenant decides that Jeffrey must be telling the truth. Um because hey, blood banks are there has to be a vampire. There was blood banks being robbed and people being found drained of blood with no memory of what happened. All have the same bites. Therefore vampire. Therefore vampires. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, he lets Jeffrey go because he decides. Are we spoiling this? Can we spoil this? It's like you know, thirty years. It's old. thirty years old. Go. Right. It's not available. So anyway, there's they they let him they let Jeffrey go, and it just so happens there's a blackout. Of course. Well, and, you uh, know what? <laughs> that was funny. Just because a lot of the jokes that happened were so of 1978, right? Because there was just the huge new you know East Coast blackout. That it happened like that spring. Right. So that's why everyone's like, oh, no, not again. And like 30 seconds into this blackout, it's like complete chaos. Everybody's raping and pillaging. <laughs> it's just. So this old is- lady's walking out with like gigantic boom boxes. <laughs> they stole for no reason. Like, I need this for my living room. <laughs> so the, this is kind of one of those like, uh, um, 
what are those like not another teen movie movies now where a lot yeah. of jokes would have hit better at the time. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't, maybe don't play as well now because people don't remember that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, Dracula and Cindy escape, and they turn into bats that look like rubber bats, and they fly off to Jamaica. That's that's pretty. As much- they all, you know what? All all bats before Fright Night, all bat dram, you know, but bats and vampire movies look like rubber. Well, it was obvious in this. I mean, this movie they were trying to. They make. were not. Yeah, they weren't trying to do anything good. But the scene that we were talking about earlier that everybody seems to remember, you remember it, I remember it, is that very, the last exchange of lines where he was like, well, you know, you're never going to be able to see the sunset again as they're flying off as bats into the moonlight. And she says, yeah, that's okay. I never get my shit together before nine anyway. I don't know why everybody remembers that. But they do. I do, you do. And I'm, now I'm looking at it going, nine? <laughs> Amateur. Um, there are some really weird scenes in this movie. Um, yes. Speaking of the bats, the whole black chicken scene <laughs> he just ran <laughs> it. this is where it gets into the racial humor i mean there's a lot of racial humor in it but he flies he's flying around just trying to find a snack and he interrupts this one couple having sex and that just ends really weirdly so yes <laughs> he decides it was his ex-wife or some weird thing but then he flies into this room full of hispanic his family of hispanics and there's like 85 people that are living in this apartment like oh why are you so lazy we don't have nothing to eat why don't you go to work old man we have nothing to eat we do now look a chicken a black chicken Um, <laughs> that was really funny when I was eight. Okay, <laughs> I remember that very distinctly. I was just sort of like, oh, "Wow, this is interesting." And then there were some thugs on the street in Harlem after after he leaves the church in Harlem, mm. where he accidentally goes. So that whole scene was bizarre. Um, he sort of uses his telekinetic powers to throw a guy through. It just I don't know. It was weird. And then there's the whole scene where he turns into the dog in the park, which really threw me at first because I didn't realize he had turned into the yes, dog. Yes, I didn't get it either right away. I, first, I was like, why is there a dog here? And why is the dog peeing on the dude's leg? <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's the dog. Yeah. Okay. It just sort of threw me off. But Okay. Well, uh, like we said, lots of racist jokes and stereotypical characters. Um, I'm not sure how well this movie would fly today. I don't think it would fly very well just because it is very dated and not in the, the best of ways. I got a kick out of it just because I always say whenever I see old New York in a movie, I'm like, that's the sleaze pit I love. <laughs> I miss that so much. Just that scene you mentioned with the thugs on the street, like in the Harlem type area, or the Bronx, where the hell they were supposed to be. I'm like, I know that's really gross, but I miss seeing those guys in the corner. <laughs> well, right. These were the, they, they were the typical thugs you would have seen in any movie from the late 70s early 80s yeah i mean they were they they looked like the one dude looked like he was straight out of the fat albert gang you know so they, they all kind of did but so, but i mean it you know it was a lot of corny pun jokes that, that like you get in all these movies you know the airplane movies and your uh your uh like you said mel brooks movies and mm-hmm. that's, that's what it was you know and i i Jokes weren't hitting, but sort of like you, I enjoyed the nostalgia of it all. I kind of got a kick out of seeing things and remembering things from when I was a kid. So, okay, I took notes. Okay, so, <laughs> just things that I found that I spotted that just my weird brain um, caught on. It was Nerd. early on when they're still in the castle, and he he gives 
uh, Renfield gives uh, Dracula some dirty magazines to look at in his coffin. <laughs> and he looks at the women. He's like, ugh, this is disgusting. They're being exploited. This is pornography. I'll have none of it. And he throws the magazine, magazines against the wall and they blow up into flames for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Like that explosive pornography in Romania. Check that shit out. But then, then he's like, "No, I want this fashion magazine." I'm like, "Okay, so Count Dracula just totally picked a fashion magazine <laughs> over pornography." Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. He's using a lot of gel. He's the gay blade later on. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um. Dracula wears boxers. <laughs> He doesn't go with briefs. That threw me off. I'm like, look at him in boxers. <laughs> We've always wondered. Now we know. I know. I did always wonder. And that is not what I was expecting. I'm like, George Hamilton in boxers. I just kind of expected him to always have a Speedo on. <laughs> just for the tan lines. Also, it's funny that George Hamilton is playing Dracula because what does George Hamilton know for? His tan. <laughs> Hilarious. Never even thought about it. Uh-huh. Well, I don't think that was intentional. I think that's me being a snotty modern person. They showed a raid commercial. Yes. I remember that raid commercial. I remember that raid commercial, and I did not notice at the time that that was the voice of Casey Kasem. I didn't notice that even this time. Mm -hmm. The second that commercial started to play, I, I'm like, oh, I remember that commercial. I can't believe that you mentioned when his... Okay, at the airport when they're traveling to New York, uh, Dracula's in, in storage in his coffin, but there's a mix-up, and there's two coffins on the plane. Wackiness ensues. One goes to the Plaza Hotel. One goes to the... Funeral home in, in Harlem or wherever the hell it is. And you can't you did not mention that the minister was George Jefferson. Yeah, it was. And he uh, it threw me at first because I kept saying, is that Sherman Hemsley or not? It was totally Sherman Hemsley. He's so young, and I haven't seen him that way. In uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's just like, so talking about how this guy was like, He's like, he loved his women, and he taught us all how to love women. <laughs> and he loved his big Cadillac car, which he has been so good to leave to me. And everybody he taught us all. And they're all like, yeah, praise Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and he taught us all that you got to live for the moment. You got to live for now, because once you're dead, you ain't never coming back. At which point, Dracula comes out of the coffin, sits up, and goes, good evening. When you is gone, you is gone. And ain't no way know how nobody's gonna bring you back here once you is dead good evening <laughs> and all the black people acted like black people in all black movies <laughs> and george jefferson jumped out the i am count dracula i have a reservation And jumped at the window, and he's like, I suppose this in, is not the lobby of the Plaza Hotel. In the <laughs> narrowest um, church I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty narrow. It was tiny. Well, um, it was funny, later on in the movie, Wheezy Jefferson shows up as a judge. <laughs> yeah, both Jeffersons in one movie. Well, I guess this would have probably been in, in you know, right around the time that, that, that the Jeffersons was kind of a big show. So. Still, still, it's weird to have them in the same movie, not together. Well, anyway, I was excited. As they, had, they were both on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, too. Mm -hmm. Yes, and okay, I have Comeback Black Chicken, which we've already covered. <laughs> <laughs> I like, he had this little monologue that I kind of like. He's like, you don't know, you don't understand what it's like to spend all of eternity dressed like a head waiter. <laughs> <laughs> to never get to wear a turtleneck or a sports coat. <laughs> <laughs> to bite into a Malomar. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought it was really funny. I wrote us something about Fright Night because there was something in here that was totally that Fright Night totally pinched, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, the dance scene. Oh yeah. There's uh, a scene where he meets her in the disco and he seduces her, gives him puts her the hypno thing, and they dance. They dance at the Studio Fifty Four discotheque. That's kind of a vampire thing, though, and and that I mean, you kind of get a similar scene to that in a lot of of like vampire movies. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> it might be, but when I saw it, I'm like, this just reminded me of that so much. It was it was a modernization of it. But the thing is, that was criminal, criminal, criminal about this scene. They changed the soundtrack. Oh, really? Uh huh. I don't know what the hell music song they were playing. It was like, the man of my dreams is tall and he's dark and he wears the suit. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? In the original print of the film, it was, I love the night life. I love to boogie. Let's just grind. It's in the fucking trailer that I sent you. I'm going to have to go back and see. It's in the closing credits and the song credits. Um, But... Me, it was one of my early gay moments. It was the first time I ever heard the song sitting there in the darkness of the Franklin Square movie theater, home of the Crush Groove riots with my mother. Right. And they started dancing the disco dance, and I Love the Nightlife came on, and some little part of me went, <gasps> This is the best thing ever. <laughs> Some weird part of me woke up. I don't know what it is. It's one of those moments where I realized I'm not like the other boys. <laughs> I was gonna say, you, you said I remember listening to that song. It was one of my gay moments. I'm like, I've listened to that song. Does that mean I'm gay? No, but no. Just the first time I heard it, and the disco and that song made me light up in a way that I have never forgotten. Well, I've had those moments. <laughs> I just don't talk about it. Yes, and then this, this is Susan St. James, and the Susan St. James was was really taking me aback. Cause a, she's like to pop in every kind of recreational pill there is. I got us some champagne. And a little Maui Wowie, really heavy shit. I do not drink wine. Oh. And I do not smoke shit. I've got just the thing for you. We get you a half a lewd, a Perrier water, a twist of lime, and a perk chaser. Perfect. I'll be right back. Right. There's cocaine jokes and lots. Of, like, she just talks about all the sex that she has. And I'm going, my mother took me to see this when I was eight. And it was a PG movie. Yep. I know it was a different time, but. Back in the days when you could show boobies in a PG movie. Not that they did in this one, but... Right. I was but, say, um, yeah, she lost me when she discovered that she had her cat in the fridge. <laughs> this cat had been in the fridge for two days. I'm like, no, this bitch can die. I don't like her. <laughs> she was interesting. She was a train wreck. Her character <laughs> was an interesting character. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, you know, I, it was so weird for me. Like I said, I, I really only knew her from Kate and Allie. I can't really think of a lot else she was in. I'm sure there was lots, but... I'm sure there is. But uh, I, I actually can't think of anything at the moment either, which is really sad. So now I'm... Oh, isn't it her piece that, that was on um, Scrubs? Uh, possibly. And Drew Carey show? Uh, well, she's listed as being on the Drew, her, Drew Carey show, so it's very possible that she's on it because her... her daughter was yeah i think the one girl uh, the the like main girl from drew carey show was her niece or something like that because everybody talked i was reading online how everybody said they look alike okay i I didn't think so i buy it that was a tangent okay it was a tangent (laughs) and we're back now um oh and the other thing that got me that made me laugh there was just some random scene where they okay i did think the scene where they were trying to hypnotize each other at the restaurant was funny yes 
because that was when Brad came in. He's like, what's going on? They're because he's a psychiatrist and he's got his Dracula's got his hypno powers and they're just trying to hypnotize each other to fall asleep. So it's like this weird dick measuring contest, <laughs> and it's not working for either one of them. And like the waiter walks by and is like, Bleh, and falls to the ground. It's so <laughs> stupid, very airplane. But just before that scene. They're ordering cocktails, and Richard Benjamin ordered an Uncola. Wow. It's like, I haven't heard 7-Up called the Uncola in I don't know yeah, how long. You know, in fact, I'm glad you said it was 7-Up, because in my head, as soon as you said it, I'm like, which one was the Uncola? I remember, but I don't remember. I'm sorry, I'm reading my, reading my, reading my notes. Well, now you know, it's 7-Up. You have more notes than I do. Well, I, t- I take notes, so that's my thing. Um, I, I'm saying I like the black guy joke. The guy in the elevator. Oh my! They get stuck in Dracula and no, it was, it was Richard Benjamin and the cop get stuck in the elevator at the Plaza Hotel during the, this blackout. Right during the okay. And there's like this crazy old lady and like all these stuck characters and then this really really queenie guy in the back who you can't really see. So he's like, anybody have a flashlight or a lighter? And he's like, well, I've got a lighter in my pocket if someone wants to reach in and flick my back. <laughs> And I was like, flick my bick. Flick my bick. Whoa. <laughs> it would be fun to sit down with some young people and, and have them watch this and just, just, just to watch their reactions. Yeah, they'd be a flat line. They would, flat line. Pro- they would probably look at us and say, what's wrong with you? Uh-huh. But, but actually, there's things that, you know, even though it wasn't funny exactly, but Dracula and Susan St. James, they, they worked together. I think... It was, there was a sweetness there that just kind of rose above the shit a little bit. It was funny, but it, I don't think for me it was funny for the reasons they wanted it to be funny. Yeah, oh, not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. That kind of style of humor is just not flying anymore. I, it, was like, it was kind of like the old Archie comics where you could cover up – I used to joke. You could cover up the last panel of any Archie comic on like Sunday morning and just say, I think the joke is going to be this. You open up, yep, yeah, it is. It was. You knew what every one of the jokes were going to be before it happened for the most part. But I, I think that's part of what made it so funny because you're, you know, you're think the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, you know, when people were seeing this in the '70s, there, this was kind of original. This, this stuff was still just, you know, we've seen it like a thousand times now. Yeah. But that's what made it funny, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does make it funny, and I mean, just the, I, just the whole concept of having Dracula at the disco would have been funny on its own. Right. Right now it's corny, but at the time, not I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like the fact that they come to New York, he's in New York the whole time and never bothers to change his clothes. Like it's he, he, well, he makes the comment about camp, but it's like why not? <laughs> you know, but he well, just that's the whole thing. There was a long time. I mean, there was a long time where every fucking movie vampire had to dress like Bella Lugosi. Right. I mean, there was no reason for Blackula to be dressed like that. Right. <laughs> There no. was no reason for half of these vampires to be dressed like that. What? Why do you need a cape? And it wasn't until the '80s, and I think I think you know, Fright Night was the one that kind of brought it back that you didn't need a cape anymore. I mean, doesn't when he approaches uh, Susan St. James in the in the uh, the club, uh-huh. like start to give her her order, to, <laughs> <laughs> and she's talking the best. She's she's talking on the old like rotary dial on the, ro- on the princess phone, no less too. It was awesome. Um, so even the, even the tagline of this movie is, is a pun. It's, uh, your favorite pain in the neck is about to bite your funny bone. Yeah. Well, and you know what? If it was released today, it would have something to do with sucking. Yes. Well, you know. So there. So, you know, it would still be stupid. So there. Um, 
Okay, I think that about wraps it up for Love at First Bite, Jay. Well, I did read online yes. that George Hamilton wants to make a sequel recently. Really? And he said he wants to do like a Twilight-style vampires versus him. I'm sure he meant that as a joke. <laughs> this was like... Taken out of context? Because he's not insane, as far as I know. I don't know. Well, I don't yeah, know either. What is he? Has he done anything lately? I don't know. No, no. Well, he's happily retired, I would guess. I don't know. He's due for Dancing with the Stars or some shit. I think he did do that. Didn't he do that? I think he did that. A couple I think of- he did. And I mean, hey, make a dance. We already saw it. Right. It was 20 years ago, and he's probably on cocaine and quaaludes. But weren't we all, J. Emmett? Weren't we all? I, well, I wasn't. Yes, you were. You just didn't know it. <laughs> I, was, I, was a little, I did drink Little Kings, but. Yes, okay. Story in it. Um, now, Jay. Yes, sir. I have unfinished business with you. Uh-oh. Yeah. I'm going to have to put you up against the wall. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but I've been holding my listeners responsible for movies that they recommend to me. What did I recommend? You. Oh, well, several people called in and said I should check out this movie, but um, for the most part, yours was the one that stuck out in my memory. Stuck out in my memory. And that movie would be Attack the Block. You didn't like Attack the Block? I didn't say that yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm saying you're being held responsible. <laughs> okay. So, yes, so this is a whole firing squad type of a thing. That's why I need you to face the wall. There's drum beats playing behind us, by the way. <laughs> I kind of weird. Bump. As long as you don't tell me to spread them, we're good. No, well, maybe later. Maybe after you're dead. <laughs> and gross. Before you face your maker, I got to play the trailer. Okay. That's an alien, bruv. Believe it. And I landed in the wrong place, though. You get the wrong place. <laughs> well, lads, you discovered a species hitherto unknown to science. Believe. Maybe there was a party at the zoo and a monkey shagged a fish. Yo, check it. More. More what? Them things. Ah, oh, lovely fireworks. Mum, it's an alien invasion. Of course it is. I'm killing them. I'm killing them in the street. Let's get tooled up, blood. Quite sweet, really, aren't they? Oh, that's different. They ain't in the same thing. That looks triple the size blend. Everyone run! We need to get off the streets. Back in a block. What kind of alien would invade some council estate in South London? One that's looking for a fight. <laughs> myself in it but at the same time this is sick oh, i got one text left this is too much madness to explain in one text you have to call the police you'd be better off calling the ghostbusters love my name ain't gavin it's mayhem and he's frogs nothing <laughs> kills us no one is gonna ever call you mayhem if you keep on acting like such a wussy. Oi, is it safe? 
Okay, so Attack the Block. It's a British movie about aliens that land in the British version of the ghetto, I suppose, in the projects. In the ghetto. Stuff. Shut up. Actually, that was pretty funny, so please continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the alien landed in the ghetto. Ghetto. And they got blue teeth and they were eating other people in the ghetto. <laughs> I like your version better. <laughs> No, 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 there's no laughing. This is not a laughing matter. So, yeah, now this actually turns into one to turn out to be with this one bitch movie because everything bad happens because of one person's behavior. Okay, but you know, we're not gonna get into that. The aliens land, they attack the block, uh, which is what they call the PJs. They eat people, and it's all these thugs, it's all these thug teenagers. I forget what they call them, but they're you gotta put the fucking subtitles on to understand the goddamn movie. I don't want to read. When I'm watching science fiction, okay? I just want to let it wash over me and shit. And these unlikable fuckers are fighting off these stupid aliens that look like big, I don't know, spider monkeys with big blue teeth. Why they have blue teeth? I don't know. The motherfuckers are blind, and they're just running around attacking the same motherfuckers for like two hours. That guy from uh, Shaun of the Dead shows up, and man... I go into this movie expecting Shaun of the Dead. Do I get Shaun of the Dead? No, I don't. I get blue fucking aliens. And you know what else, Jamming? What? I fucking loved it. Aww. It's good. It I is good. It. Thank you. <laughs> you weren't even sweating. You weren't even sweating. You weren't even scared. You couldn't even fake being scared. No. Uh, now, this is really unfortunate, though, because I have this is the fourth listener that I've held responsible. And you've liked them all? Yeah, I haven't shot anybody. Even the one that Zombart recommended. Uh huh. Yeah. I sure did. I know. God damn it! I'm hungry for blood now. I know. What did he? What did Zombart recommend? What was um, it? Talked about the um, Stakeland. Stakeland. I like Stakeland a lot I'm too. Talking about you now. We're not done with the attack with the block. Oh, I, <laughs> okay. I like Stakeland a lot too. So I, I I have to say Zombart was right about that. I one. totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> and that's I, on, that's on record now. I really enjoyed it, though. I, I like the the aliens. I love the blue teeth. I thought that was cool. Okay, we're back to this one now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, oh, I veered back. I steered. You did. You just, I'm, just, I'm just holding on to your tail. I like that they were they were all black. It's meaty. You didn't see them. Yeah. And then I, the, the first scene where they do see them, they think it's eyes at first. Mm-hmm. It's and not. It's teeth. It's, it's big teeth. blue teeth. <laughs> and... Uh, like you said, all the all, all the people we're following through the movies, we don't we don't like any of them. I hate them. They were hateful. <laughs> so you, I like that. It's like, oh, I, I guess I'm rooting for them. However, by the end of the movie, I understood them. Right. I got them, and I it, said that was a really big hurdle to overcome because I hated these kids. I hated the fact that I had to turn on the subtitles. See, I didn't. So I'm like, you're speaking English. <laughs> you're speaking English. Why do I not understand you? Stream Cockney though. I know. Well, it's it's not, I forget what they call that dialect, but you know. It's, but I learned words. Wee wee. Also, for those people out there who always complain uh, about movies not liking to kill kids, yeah. Oh yeah, they they kill some of the kids here. Yeah, they, I felt yeah. bad for them. Um, and the thing is, one of the main complaints that I hear about this movie is like, oh man, you know, it's, it wasn't as good as Shaun of the Dead. It wasn't trying to be Shaun of the Dead. Not Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> it's nothing like Shaun of the Dead. It's not the same people. Nick Frost. Well, yeah, I mean, not That's behind not it. it. I mean, not behind it. It's, not, it's right. a whole different project. It never promoted itself as being Shaun of the Dead. That's your own stupid ignorance. Bastards. Yeah, because yeah. this is... 
I mean, it's horror comedy, but not like tongue in cheek comedy. There's just funny scenes in it. Yeah. 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 I like that too. That it never got hearty, har, har, har. But um, yeah, the aliens I was kind of hit and miss with because I know some people don't like them because they're basically just black, like literally black. Like they're so black, they're beyond black. Right. It's more like an absence of light. You can't really see anything on them. So they, I, I think on TV they don't look as good as they did on a screen. That's a good way to to describe them though. More because everybody kept asking. It's like, well, how do you describe them? Absence of light. I like that. That's that's pretty much what they are. Well, there's. A, did you read the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. There was at one point they were on a ship that was, everything was black, and it was like absolute black. And they kept talking about like I can't. You know, <laughs> it's so black, like my eyes keep sliding off of things because I can't <laughs> focus on anything. It was kind of like that. Yeah, that, that would have been hilarious had I been able to quote it, but I can't. So I'm not that big of a nerd. Yeah, me neither. I mean, and there we yes, you are. Since I've read them, yes, and I, you like, are. I read the first three. Yes, you are. I know. I know. But they did. Love about you. You didn't have to. I tell. just told them all. Okay. That's okay. But you survived. And anyway, it, I it, attack the block. Not a huge recommend. I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't love it, love it, love it. But I was very happy with it. I found it a very satisfying right. watch. I can see why people aren't going to like it. But if you don't like it, that's your own fucking problem. Because <laughs> if, well, if you're going to pick on a low budget. And not being able to understand these kids, then you're stupid. And if you go and expect Shaun of the Dead, you're also stupid. I love, like, I love From Dusk Till Dawn and Feast. I like those kind of real fast-paced monster movies, you know? Yeah. I really like that stuff. And this kind of, it, I wouldn't put it up there with, uh, From Dusk Till Dawn's one of my favorite movies of all time. But Oh, can I tell you something? You can. There were the two younger kids. Yes. That were running around, they, they had, like, fake names for themselves, and they were, they wanted to be in the gang. They wanted to be in the gang, and they had like fake guns, and they were just always this close to getting killed, mm-hmm. but getting out of it. I, I kind of pictured that was you and Stu when you were little. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, look, one of you was the black kid, but you know, you guys can figure out which one was that was. But you know, I'm like, I bet that's how they were. Oh wow! Even if they didn't know each other, I bet that would be them running around behind the cool kids. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With their with their viewmasters pretending that they're guns, <laughs> <laughs> that that actually probably would have been me. So, uh huh, uh huh. I'm sure it would have been. Okay, J. Emmett, thank you so much for joining me on this journey back to 1979. Well, thank you for having me, sir. You're quite welcome. Anytime. It was. Is there anything you want to say to everybody before you go? Fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you heard it from the horse's mouth. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Um, I am calling a bit late, sorry, 
Um, yes. With a little bit of input on Carrie. Yes. Um, sadly, I have not seen the entire movie all at <gasps> one time. I've uh, kind of seen it in bits and pieces. <gasps> I've never read the book. <gasps> However, I do very distinctly recall the TV movie version of Carrie with Andrew uh. Bettis. Uh, I didn't realize at the time it was Angela Bettis because I didn't really have that frame of reference for her. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Uh, but now she's one of my favorite female horror actors, or actresses, I apologize, sorry. Actually, um, actress is fine. And to my recollection, she does indeed destroy the entire town Yay! in the film. Uh, uh, I distinctly recall a shot where she's walking past the gas station and it just blows the fuck up right next to her. And it was an amazing shot. Cool. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that very vividly. Uh, if I recall, there's also a lamppost that the bulbs are just exploding as she's walking past each one. So, mm. yeah, she does go off and destroy the town in the, in the TV film. Well, that is good to know. Uh, and now knowing that it is Angela Bettis, I'm going to have to go back and track down that, that TV movie. So It's on DVD. It's uh, on the Netflix. But yeah, and I'm also going to have to watch the entire version, the original version of the film. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a anyway, reaction. Sorry, so I'm okay yeah, that, that's my take on Carrie. Uh, what I have seen, I have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember the very infamous pig's blood scene and the, you know, just the massacre at the prom. But I don't remember too much else, um, other than, you know, full on nude scene and tampons being thrown around. Well, well that I do remember. That's classic. You know, yeah. Young impressionable boy that I was when I did see it stuck with me. So. Uh, anyway, once again, loving the show, and I uh, can't wait for the next one. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Thank you, Slug. Well, Slug, you just proved my old theory that, you know, nothing sticks to you better than a flying tampon. Wait, that didn't come out right. Yeah, well, okay, so you've never seen all of Carrie. That's weird, because I'm that way with It's a Wonderful Life. I don't think I've ever seen the entire movie from start to finish, but I think I've seen the entire thing in pieces. So I know I'm not getting the full picture, and I know damn well you ain't got the full picture either. Uh, the, the, the TV movie, this is something I found out that possibly the TV movie was supposed to be a pilot for a series about Carrie. Because I'm sorry for those of you who haven't seen the TV movie, I'm going to spoil it right now. Carrie doesn't die at the end. Her death is faked, I seem to recall, and she cuts her hair and her, her and Snell... Sue Snell, go driving off to go from town to town in search of Carrie's father for some reason or something. And if I said that on the Carrie show, well, this is too damn bad. Now I've said it twice. Twice. That's two times. Anyway, when you finally do see Carrie, let me know what you think, child. And uh, thank you for calling in. Okay, bye. Hi, it's Emily from Deadly Doll's House. And hey, yeah. Emily. Uh, calling in regards to the Carrie episode. Yes, Yay! where the fuck were the tampon cannons? I really wanted some. Uh, I needed anything to lighten up the mood of the show. I agree. I think it was just really mediocre, which is Carrie the Musical. I think it could, it could have been, like, if they had gone the camp route, it would have been fun. Or if it was a really good show, it would have been really good. But it was just a really mediocre show, and that was uh-huh. very disappointing. Um, and um, the mini the miniseries slash... TV pilot from a couple years, like 10 years ago now. Uh, it Actually, I don't think it was terrible. I think as an update, it had some merit. And Angela Bettis, I love, although yeah. I would love to see a fat Carrie. Um, your guest talked about it a little bit. And yes, in Thank the book, you. Carrie is fat. 
And she has Ripped acne. It. And no, in the movie and in every incarnation of Carrie ever, she has been slim and just awkward and nerdy and just put her on a pretty dress and then she'll look hot. Yep. Uh, so I would like to see a fat Carrie. That's what I'm holding out for. Uh, the series is not good because the ending is awful. And Thank Sue you. Snell, I think there's a thing. After Amy Irving did it, no actress can ever be a good Sue Snell because I also didn't like her in the musical. Um, and that's the weakness of the uh, miniseries, certainly. Um, but, you know, and the other thing that you kind of disappointed, not disappointed me, but <gasps> you made me think I have to rewatch the movie and see that it's not good. And I don't want it to be because I've always loved the movie as a really good movie. So now I'm scared I'm going to watch it and like, pass in the wrong places at it. And that what? makes me sad. Um, Wait, what? But great job on Carrie. Uh, here's to seeing, you know, a better musical adaptation. Uh, or here's to seeing Fat Carrie. That's what I'm going with. Yay! Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Emily, slow down. Breathe. Some of my people are from Louisiana. They can't listen that fast. Anyway, um, okay, first of all, let me get this out of the way right now because, after all, you are a first-time caller! Yay! Okay, now, wait, 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 back up a second here. What are you saying about me saying the movie was bad? Which movie are you talking about? Are you talking about the TV movie? I don't really remember the TV movie except for the terrible ending, and I figure if that's all I took away from it, it wasn't good. And the fact that I can't remember anything about it, except them driving away in the car with her in short hair, tells me that it's not good. But if you're talking about the 1976 movie, it is the best movie ever. Okay? It is the best movie ever for all of its warts and for everything. It is the best movie ever. So just, sh- if you're thinking that, I will slap you. I will slap you down, girl. Um, and the musical, I, you're absolutely dead on. They didn't go, they could have gone the camp route, or they could have made it the best musical ever, but instead they just didn't take any risks. Yeah, it was deadly serious, and it just, I've actually read that they wanted, they actually did plan, intentionally, to tone down the supernatural elements of it, in which case, do another fucking musical, do another show, that's the, that's the core of the story, so forget this, oh, it's a love story about a girl and her mother, fuck you, fuck you and your total lack of tampon cannons, let me tell you this, girl, let me tell you this, we gotta get together, we gotta get together, produce and direct our own version of Carrie the Musical, where she's fat and there are tampon cannons, possibly even people dressed up as maxi pads, dancing in the background, throwing themselves at Carrie, that's what I would do, that's what I would do, I'm doing it right now, I'm doing it right now, Bradford put out a casting call in the backstage right now, what just happened? I got landed on. No, uh, Brad, Bradford got hit by a tampon or something. I don't know what's happening. You, you call one time and it's complete chaos over here. Well done, girl. Thanks for calling. Oh, my God. Scream. Whoa. Okay. So <gasps> I called several weeks, probably about two months ago now. It's Mystery and Man. you just love my voicemail. I you did. You probably love everyone's voicemail. Um, you know, and I was like, Scream. Queen. And fuck you. You know, try to slap when you say fuck you. Anyway, so I broke my computer because I felt orange juice all over. You know, the one time I tried to get in on my vitamin C, you know, I just happened to all over the goddamn computer. Girl. So I wasn't able to. I haven't listened to your podcast in forever. Oh, no. And I don't know what's going on with them right now, but I feel so out of touch. So I thought I'd just call you and let you know. Um, I'm thinking about you. I get my computer tomorrow. I Yay. can't wait. Get all caught back up on all my Scream Queens episodes. Um, oh, yeah. And you... Do you know what you did? What? What you did? What I do? When I called in and gave my rent. You said, I just love that. I'm happy there's someone out there that's just like me. 
And now our Halloween costumes, not some of my biggest dreams. Blah, 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 blah. <sighs> and then, do you know what you did? What? You accused me of being Mr. Brad. My name is Spencer Smith. I oh. never have to leave my name. I'm sorry. I was in the heat of the moment because I was on Scream Queen. Oh, my goodness. It's all caught in the wind. Smith. I live in Washington State, all the way on the other side of the country. Country. State. <laughs> I don't country, want to see a country. Oh, no, 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 country. no. Country. No, no. I told you in the last call. I'm not good at this. Anyway, that's my name. So don't you accuse me of being Mr. Brad. I... Mr. Brad ain't got nothing on this. That's he true. he could be on this. I know he can't. No one matches up to this. I'm just that fucking awesome. Okay. I, well, okay. So, I'm, I'm getting that. Green queen. Technically... This is this isn't my first call because I called before, but this is my first call where I put my name in it because Doesn't I got a lot of sense of the heat of the moment because I was talking to you. Um, I probably won't get you know a little noises and stuff for being a first time caller. You know that would just make my day. <sighs> I can only dream. Well, I just wanted to call it, you know. I love Scream Queen. Of course you do. Fuck you. Well, I know I did this voicemail perfectly, and I know I'm being hockey, but can you please just say fuck you for me? I'll love you forever. You Um, already do. I'm just joking. That was dirty. I'm dirty. JK, I just got a hard joke. I said, JK, what the fuck is wrong with me? I don't know. I love you getting my computer tomorrow. Gonna listen to the Scream Queens nonstop, get caught back up, and listen to y'all. Bye, man. Okay. Bye bye, Scream Queens. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. Okay. Okay. That was. Wow. All right. Uh, there was a lot of content in that phone call, and all of it was completely insane. Now, it might sound like I'm complaining, but I'm not. It's just a statement of fact. And to be perfectly honest, I'm rather awed by the sheer inanity of that phone call. And again, not a bad thing. It's almost a thing of beauty. Beauty. Beauteousness. As it was. Okay, first of all, let me get something straight, Mr. Spencer Smith. Now that I got a beat on you. I did not accuse you of being Mr. Brad. No, 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 no. That is not what I said. I said Miss Thing did not leave her name, so for all I know, it could be Mr. Brad in the next room. Knowing full well that you're not Mr. Brad in the next room because you don't talk like this when you're on the phone. And usually he's sleeping behind me anyway, so I would be like, hey, Mr. Brad, why are you calling me on the phone with these crazy sounds? And he'd be like, what? And I'd be like, see, it's not him at all. It's that guy, the guy from Calif- um, from Washington State. I'm sorry, I must have California, but you're crazy enough to be from California. Again, again, not an accusation. A compliment. A compliment. Um, see, I don't know if I can give you the first-time caller ding-dings. I don't think that is legal because you're not a first-time caller. The fact that you fucked up your first call is not my problem because, as the old saying goes, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. I'm sorry, Spencer Smith. I have one thing to say that would be, fuck you! Fuck you and your second time call!
come around here and think I can rewrite the rules just for your sorry ass. I say, hell no. N-O, no. Okay, now I feel bad. Now I feel like I'm being bossy. But you know what? Fuck you too. Fuck you for making me feel bad. And fuck you for trying to change the rules. But thank you for calling in. I love you. Oh, and by the way, I would just like to point out that Spencer was insulted that I call him Mr. Brad, but he had no problem of me accusing him for being high for like four minutes of my response to his call. And you know what? I stand by my, my, my assessment. Girl, you are high as a kite. Not a complaint. Just an observation. Bye, Spencer. Hey, Patrick. This is Chris from Denver, first-time caller. Oh, hi, Chris. This Yay! time for the whole podcast appreciation week, I just want to call and tell oh. you about how since January of 2011, my life's pretty much been crap. Okay. I got sick and ended up in the hospital for about six weeks and oh, no. lost my job and ended up losing my house and living with my aunt, who's a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, Jesus. So, you know, it's been a bad year for me, but at least. But every week when I go on my cell phone and download my podcast, you're always the first one I listen to because no matter how crappy of a week I've had, you've always made me laugh. I just want to call and tell you about that and try and get more on my feet more and about ready to move out to my own place again and away from the crazy lady. So Yay! hopefully I'll, now they pop my cherry, I'll call you more often. Ooh. Thanks for all the laughs through the year from hell. Oh. Bye. Uh, wow, Chris, uh, first of all, um, wow, uh, I, I am very touched and I, I'm moved by your story and the fact that you shared it with me and that, and that I was able to help out in my own weird little way. Um, I'm glad you're better. Hooray for that. I'm sorry about your aunt. Ooh, but you're going to have great stories after you're out of there. Don't tell them now while you're still living there. Save them for us until after you're safely out of the buildings. I'm sure there's some crazy shit worth talking about. Um, and hooray for getting back on your own feet. Right on. And I'm so happy you shared that with us because I'm sure you'll find out, especially if you're on the Facebook page and things like that, following on Twitter, that we've got a nice little community here. We, we, we um, Everybody kind of stands up for each other and, and supports everybody. And um, you've made my day. This, 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 and left me speechless, which does not happen very often, so way to go. Um, Chris, welcome to the family. Thank you for finally coming out and say hi. And you go out there and you kick 2012 in its ass. And you tell them I sent you. Patrick, we miss you at Drunken Zombie. You used to call and make the show jump up a significant amount of quality. Oh, we miss you so. I miss those days. Oh, well, you're, like, famous now, so I guess you have to move on. Love you. Bye. Oh, isn't that cute? You love me, and you miss me. Well, well, well. I guess there's that old adage, you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone, but I'm gone, baby. I am gone, so fuck you! Fuck you and your big, fat, blumpkin dripping fat-ass, butt-sniffing, wine-shirt-wearing, robo-sex, lesbian, whatever the fuck people you are. From Peoria, no less. From Peoria. There ain't no going back, baby. There ain't no going back. Except, let me tell you one thing. I've got my spies. And they've told me what the drunken zombie guys have been up to. I hear you're having a weight loss competition. Hmm? 
Yes, listeners, the Drunken Zombie staff are having a weight loss competition. Assuming uh, among the hosts, which, you know, it's going to take a really, really long time, you fat fucks. The person who loses the least amount of weight has to publish a photo of them online wearing a tiara. A tiara. The registered trademark of the Scream Queens horror podcast, and that's Queens with a Z. Can you say lawsuit? Can you say copyright infringement, children? Can you say I am dragging your ass in front of Judge Judy? And let me tell you something. She is going to fuck that ass so hard. Because Judge Judy has got a huge penis. And she is a voracious top. So while she is penetrating you all the way up so deep that she's scratching the inside of your nose with her penis in your ass and you're holding onto that doily around her neck for dear life crying why, why, why look into her eyes and see me laughing and I am fully aware that this is the theme for the people's court playing but fuck you Fuck you! Fuck you! I need a wet nap. Are you happy now, you fuckers? Not bad enough, you fuck up your own shit. You come over here and shit all over mine. Because that's it. This puppy is wrapped up for another week. Thanks a lot, dickbags. Why don't you go back to munching your vaginas and leave me alone? Maybe that's a good weight loss program for you. Lose weight, eat more vaginas. Have at it. Anyway, I'll pass. <laughs> okay, if you want to be like all of these really cool people who I didn't bl- <laughs> who I didn't badger, you can give me a call at 347-767-3509 or you can be retro and send me an email at th- uh, I forgot my own address. I'm so upset. Crew at ScreamQueens.com and as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter and you can be the just the coolest son of a bitch that you could be, god damn it. Uh, until next time, I have no idea what's going on. Things are extremely hectic. Aside from the concert being over, I've got surgery coming up for my uh, deviated septum. I've got a colonoscopy scheduled. I've got all kinds of crap going on, no pun intended. So there will be shows. They will be on time. What they will be, I do not know. So hold on, kids. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Come on, I said hold on, bitch. We're riding. Oh, my God, this is terrible. So until next time, kidless, remember to keep the world a creepier place. Oh, and remember what my grandmama always used to say. Boy, could you be a sweetie and go in the other room and smack your mama in the face? Never did like that, bitch. Bye! I go hunting for witches Heads up, cowies roll some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com, bitches. <laughs> okay, ready for a joke? Yes. It's a very funny joke. Okay. What do gay horses eat? What? Hey. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you, when you said what do gay horses eat, I was just going to go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Just like everybody else, <laughs> like any other horse. Oh, oh. <laughs> Put the spin on it. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what? But what? What? What does a lesbian horse eat? What? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but really funny. 